Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is part two of our series on roles for husbands and wives. And today we want to talk about leadership, the role of a husband. And so we were just talking moments before I clicked record mm-hmm. and Bethany's asking me all these questions. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? What, what kind of stories do we have? What, what, you know, and I said, you know what? Let's just record it and see what happens <laughs> because I've got a plan. And what I'm going to do, Bethany, is right mm-hmm. now, while we're hot, while the mics okay. are hot, right. I'm going to ask you to chime in. I've got three aspects of, okay. of uh, godly leadership for husbands. Yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw out these three aspects. I want you to think of an example of how I do these things or maybe an, an example of how I miss on these things for each thing. So, okay. Um, Last week, we talked about how husbands are called in the marriage role to lead and wives are called in the marriage role to help their husbands. And this goes back to the book of Genesis, where God creates Adam first. He gives Adam a job in the garden and commissions him to go and to uh, work the garden and to keep the garden. And then he forms Eve out of Adam Mm -hmm. and puts them together and um, Eve is called to help. In fact, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. And he gives Eve to Adam to be his helper. Yes. And uh, we see then throughout the New Testament, charges for men to love their wives, to sacrifice for their wives, to care for their wives, and to demonstrate their leadership in these sorts of ways. And so we can look at a text like Ephesians chapter 5 and see a really clear picture of how a husband ought to carry out his role in leading his wife in Ephesians chapter 5. And so, um, Bethany, Mm -hmm. can you read that for us? Yeah, I can. I would love to do that. Um, Just find it here. (laughs) Screen there. Okay, Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So let's just stop right there. And um, there's a couple principles. I want to spend the majority of our time talking about these principles from this text. Uh, The first one is that I think a husband's leadership is supposed to be sacrificial. You You see that here in the clear picture of Christ in the church. How does Christ love the church? By giving up his life for her life. He sacrifices himself for the church. And then husbands are supposed to love their wives in that sort of way. And so a husband's leadership needs to be sacrificial. And so this is where I wanted you to maybe think a little bit and maybe share what that looks like in our relationship for me to be a sacrificial leader. Yeah, I think the first thing that came to mind when you said that was um, how you arrive back home from work. And often you work long days, you're dealing with, you know, people's issues and problems. It can be a heavy, kind of a burdensome task at times. And you come in the door and you're not coming in to um, 
you know, a couple hours in the recliner and, uh, you know, putting your feet back, not having to do anything. I mean, you come into a busy house, practice going on, things to get you, homework to be done. And, you know, your, your thought and your, your eyes are open to the needs and to how to help the kids, how to help me. You know, you come in, drop the, bag, the book bag, and then it's like, what can I do? What are we working on? What can I do for, for dinner? Or what can I help with the kids with? And it's just an, uh, you're, the way you approach our home is not, hey, man, I'm really tired. I got to just put my feet up and I'm, I'm done here. It's coming in with your eyes open to see needs. And even when I don't ask you to help, you know, you're up doing the dishes or setting the table or asking a kid to do something. It's like you come in ready to sacrifice what I know you would want in order to bless me and bless the kids. Sure. And I guess, you know, bad examples are when my leadership is selfish, right? Where I'm, I am, I don't come in and put you first or put the family first. And there's daily temptations there, constant uh, struggles to just not be a selfish, self-centered man, Mm. but to be a man who is sacrificial. And that's, you know, you think about this first aspect of godly leadership in the home, and it really goes against maybe what a lot of antagonists think of or accuse Christians of. Uh, people, they hear this concept, well, husbands are supposed to be leaders and, and wives, that just means that they're supposed to be doormats or, right. you know, follow and just do whatever the yeah. husband says. What, what this text says is, hey, husbands, you've got a massive responsibility to lead the family, and here's how you ought to do it. The way Christ loved the church, which meant putting her preferences, her desires, her good above his own, and then dying for the church. So, yes, husbands, you get to lead. You have to lead. You're Mm -hmm. called to lead. What that means is you get to put everyone's preferences before yours. You put yourself last on the list. That's what it means to lead, to, to put everyone else so your wife, your, your kids, by way of implication, in front of yourself. Yeah. That's what it means to lead here. And it's a big role. I mean, I, I don't even know if I shared this with you the other day, but uh, our daughter was asking why men get to be in charge. Why is it? Because I often say to the kids, you know, daddy's the leader of our home, even when you're not around. And she asked me, you know, why is it that the daddies are in charge? And I said, that's the way God designed it. God designed it for men to be in charge in the house, for the husbands to lead that way. And I told her, it's a great responsibility. It's a big burden. I mean, there's, look what he has to do. He has to sacrifice. He has to love. He has to give. He's working hard. He comes in. He keeps working. And it was interesting by the end of the little conversation, she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to lead, you know? I, wait a second. That is a big task um, to come in and to sacrifice like we're talking about. Uh, and it does. It changes from what the world accuses men of who just put their foot down and, you know, demand whatever they want and all that, that kind of stigma against male leadership. Yeah. And one reason that there's that stigma is because some men do lead that way. It's interesting to look at the text. Right. The text says lead by way of sacrifice. Leadership can get a bad rap because you can lead poorly and you can lead in a way that's counter to what the Bible calls you to do. You know, you think Christ, he says, I, I came um, not to be served, but to serve. And, you know, he, he gave his life as a ransom for many. 
So he came to serve others. Yeah. So there's this servant leadership aspect to biblical leadership. And uh, so it, it, really, it, it really puts into perspective what we mean when we say, hey, husbands, you're called to leave. But there's a second aspect in the text in Ephesians 5. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And so you bring up the church now as the other example. If, if Christ was the first example, um, the church is the second person in the example. And the church is imperfect. The church lets Christ down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it puts others in front of Christ. Like it is not a perfect bride, and so Christ is called to love, or Christ did love an imperfect bride. And so, I guess for husbands, what we can say is your leadership not, needs to not only be sacrificial, but it also needs to be unconditional. Are you so, saying I'm not a perfect bride? I'm not saying that, but <laughs> the Bible is. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's very true, yeah. But I can say it from experience. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are uh, imperfect. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and so it, it leadership and like sacrificing for your wife is mm-hmm. not conditional upon her performance. It's not that I sacrifice for her if she behaves a certain way. I sacrifice for her, period. This is what I call, I'm called to do. And so I'd like for maybe us to think about what that looks like in our marriage. Um, what does it look like for me to love you unconditionally? Yeah, I just I think about how often I <laughs> fail in, in, in various areas of life, things that I don't, you know, I, I've said I want to do or I plan to do, ways that I fail in our house. I mean, I just think about the fact that I, I am sinful, I am imperfect, and it is an amazing thing that you love me still and that you still continue to invest in me, to pray for me, to forgive me, and to move on. I mean, I just think about you are not saying, you know, you, you didn't do something right, you know, everything's off for today. Or when you can get back to this spot in, in our home or this, you know, cooking or this, whatever. I mean, it's not like you have this list that if I don't meet, you're not going to love and serve me. It's just there's a constant forgiveness aspect in our marriage, forgiveness, and the relationship is always there between us. And that's just, you love me even in spite of my failures and my weaknesses and my sin and when I don't measure up. Yeah. Well, you paint a really positive picture of your husband there <laughs> because I know the, the other side of that story is I, I don't perfectly love you unconditionally. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not on guard, then there really can be sort of conditions. Like, you know, she hasn't really, um, I don't know. Giving me a back massage lately. (laughs) (laughs) If she gives me a back massage, then I'll give her one. fresh cookies. No. (laughs) There's those sorts of tangible things, but even just in our communication or forgiveness, like if you're not uh, being as kind to me as maybe I'm expecting you to be, or if there's a tone or we argue about something, like I can see myself being a little cold back to you or not just, or just not being going over and above in terms of sacrificing for you and loving you. And um, so there's probably really flagrant and obvious ways that you can do this. And there's really subtle and sneaky ways Mm. that you can love Mm -hmm. your wife conditionally. Mm -hmm. And so we got to be careful about that. Uh, The third aspect in Ephesians chapter five is that um, a husband's love and leadership ought to be redemptive 
in the sense that the text says, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her. And so the goal of giving himself up and unconditionally loving his wife, his bride, is to secure and produce her holiness, her purity. That really qualifies, you know, what what the end goal is of a husband's love for his wife. It's really to see his wife become more holy, more like Christ. So there's a spiritual component to this where I need to love you and lead you in such a way that is good for you, not just physically, not just that we have, you know, uh, a house and... Right. Food uh, on the table right. and, yeah. Material possessions, but also, and more importantly and significantly, that you are growing in holiness. So give me another example of how I do that perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly, huh? Uh, no, I, it just makes me think about how you are concerned about my spiritual growth. And, you know, we have these conversations that go beyond what we're talking about, material things or, or the schedule for the day or, you know, and those things are all important and necessary in a marriage. But you ask me, what am I working on? How is my Bible time? How is that, you know, have you been having it? Has that been going well? What have you been learning? What has God been teaching you? And just those questions help me to think through the answers and then to be real honest about whether things are going well in my spiritual walk or whether I'm lacking. And then when there is a lacking area, you say, well, how could I help you accomplish that? And that's been huge. That's gone from giving me time off to have a big chunk of time with the Lord. I mean, I remember you walking in the door and saying, today you get almost three hours to go pray and sing and read your Bible. And I, you even said, like, you can't be on your phone. You can't text. Like, like, go be with the Lord. I feel like you are at a place where you need some spiritual refreshment. And so, you know, the, it's not just how is it going, but how can I help you? What can I do to enable a better growth with the Lord? I, th- I think there's, there's too, like an element of this that husbands ought to model godliness to their wives. So, you know, as you're talking about this, I just think I need to model Christ-likeness to you and be kind and gracious and loving and forgiving to you because what that does is it, one, it creates an enjoyable atmosphere for us to exist together in, but also it demonstrates for you what I want to see in your life. And when someone is acting in a really godly way toward you, it really motivates and inspires you to act in a godly way toward them and in other areas. So I guess, husbands, you can try to set the tone in your home by your character and your example. Mm -hmm. And again, this is is a challenge to do this consistently and to love and lead in this sort of way is is hard. Mm -hmm. And we do it imperfectly, but it ought to be something that we work to grow in. Yeah. So... I think all of these these three aspects, um, sacrificial leadership, unconditional leadership, and redemptive leadership, these all take work and effort. And I think one of the biggest problems with husbands not leading their wives is, that I experience in the counseling office is husbands can easily view their work as ending when they leave their job. They leave their job and they think, sweet, I get to go home, sit on the couch and just be home and be resting. Work is over for the day. Right. 
false. <laughs> Work is not over for the day if you're married. You have a job to do when you get home. And it yes. the job description is what we just talked about. So that is my job when I walk through the doors. And I need to think that way. I need to plan that way. I think husbands do a really good job that I talk to in the counseling office. They do a really good job of leading and working hard at work. They bring their A game to work. They perform well at work. And then they come home and they think that it's time to rest. And they don't bring what they demonstrate in the workplace into the home. And I just think, husbands, you you have these leadership capabilities, you do it all day long, you work, you plan, you sweat for the sake of your boss, your paycheck, whatever, your success in your workplace, do that as it pertains to your wife. Work and plan and sweat for the sake of your wife and your family. And that's going to that's gonna go a long way. Yeah. And I think we... I'm going to get to ask you a question now because I I love all that that you're saying, but I want to know how can the wives listening, how can they make this an easier task for their husbands or make it more difficult, right? Sure. We're really charging, you know, you're, you're speaking to the husband's. Step, step up, do this is great. What can we do that? Sure. Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I mean, the, the things that come to my mind are the nagging, uh, the nagging, the constant, I don't know, just... Things you can do to help my leadership No, difficult. Is That's the oh, difficult okay, things. Okay, okay. Things that make it more difficult. When we nag or when we um, maybe compare with other husbands, we, we talk about this with other wives or even to our husband, when we have expectations that are unrealistic or only see the bad or the failures that will happen, you know, in leadership, we focus on those. And instead, we don't encourage our husbands thank them, praise them when we see this sacrifice. I know that that is so compelling for you. When I'm like, thank you, babe. I see. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for stepping up in this way. When I even announce it to the kids, do you see how daddy is serving us this way? I mean, those types of words of encouragement and praise, I'm sure those can be so uh, helpful and make it easier for yeah. you to do these things and keep doing them. You I think know? that's huge. Yeah, when you celebrate a victory or you highlight a sacrifice or something that I do. It's like, oh yeah, this is good. Like I'm, there is some success in mm-hmm. this workplace, uh, the home, and you acknowledge my work. Yeah. That is huge. It, yeah. It, it encourages me that you, you're seeing what I'm doing and then it motivates me to do more. So if a question for today is husbands, what is the question? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing in these three areas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could identify which of the three areas is the most challenging for you mm-hmm. to lead mm-hmm. um, of the three that I described. Uh, or you could just ask yourself how you're doing in general in leading because an- another a big part of this, like I said, is just having the mentality of coming home and operating this way. So do you think that way? Mm-hmm. And what can you do to think that way more? I think that would be helpful. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. And tune in next week. We're going to talk about the wife, the, the role of a wife. All right. We will see you then. 